And we are your hosts for today's broadcast, following top news stories of the day. Good, great, grand, wonderful. I have a bad feeling about this. What ain't no country I ever heard of? They speak English and what? It's the good. The bad. And the what? Lost your train of thought, didn't I? <laughs> Hello, and uh, welcome to The Good, Bad, and The What, the show in which we dissect what makes a movie good, bad, or other within a certain theme, category, subgenre, or filmography. I am Chris Thomas. And I'm Ryan Oliver. Uh, how are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing okay. I'm doing better than I was last week. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, did you want to address on show uh, the sort of uh, uh, your illness and, and recovery? Or I, I don't think we have to. We I don't think we have to either, that. but... Yeah, um, I haven't broadcasted it out to the world and it isn't like, it doesn't matter. I'm not ashamed of it or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but it's just like, there's no reason to, to. There's no reason for you to be ashamed that your huge penis took all the blood away from your head and you were just feeling faint last week. So, I mean, it happens to the best of us. (laughs) (laughs) You you know, with great power comes great responsibility. (laughs) So, just... It, it is what it is. Go with the flow, you know. Uh, but that's <laughs> literally. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about today. Um, this uh, this is your category, the category <laughs> Unfortunately. that I. I mean, I, I, I looking staring down the barrel of this category when you like handed over the choices, I was not looking forward to it. But then somewhere halfway through my second viewing of Chill Factor, I started to sort of uh, soak in and understand the genius of this category. And I kind of sort of fell in love with it. So I want to give you the floor to give your introductions and please uh, explain yourself and uh, uh, why you why you picked these. (laughs) You develop Stockholm Syndrome (laughs) with all these movies. I'm a changed man. So, I teased it at the end of last week uh, that today we're going to be discussing regional horror movies. Now, for those who are not familiar with this sort of subgenre, they're essentially local, like horror movies that are made locally. They're like specifically tailored to a region. They have a certain feel to the region. They're very low budget, uh, very low budget. In very pretty much the case budget. of all of these. <laughs> um, I mean, like our bad is probably the highest budgeted of the three. Um, I think technically. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, so it's like the, the, these movies and why I like them, even aspects of our bad movie, and I'll, I'll introduce the picks here very, very soon is that they have, they have these like little weird idiosyncrasies that I think makes them stand out as opposed to just like a lot of them and a lot of horror movies are pretty trope heavy. And so, like, a lot of these smaller movies are, are trying to sort of, like, mimic the tropes that you'd see in the bigger horror movies, but they have just a little flavor that makes them weird, unique, odd, whatever the case may be. And that's the stuff, like, it's sort of like the opposite of, like, when you watch Friday the 13th movie, which we mm-hmm. talked about at length, that entire franchise. Go back and give that episode a listen. Where, like, there's so much filler in those movies, and it's boring and frustrating, whereas, like... In these movies, one of them has frustrating filler, but the other ones, the filler is, like, just so odd that it, like, come a doubles back around to be interesting and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So, 
and you said this off mic, so I want to give you credit for pointing this out. I We should also notice, before I introduce the picks, all of these, except for Winter Beasts, which is a straight-up what in yes. any capacity, um, would probably be the bad in any other category if they were. Right. Um, like they, These are not like great movies, but in the context of these weird, odd regional horror movies, this is where I've ultimately decided to place them. So for the good... I have chosen Death Screams from 1982, directed by David Nelson. For the bad, I have chosen The Chill Factor from 1993, directed by Christopher Webster. And for the what, I have chosen Winter Beast from 1992, directed by Christopher Thies. And we will get into it, and I should probably even, because I like regional horror, state the regions. Um, Death Screams uh, is set in North Carolina. Chill Factor in Wisconsin, uh, Windsor Lake area. And Winter Beast in Massachusetts in yep. Chris's area. Which town is it again? It's close Waltham. to you, isn't it? Yeah, Waltham. My, my backyard. Waltham is just right down the road from where I'm at. Nice, nice. So I, I look forward to hearing your uh, uh, adventures in the, my site uh, foliage, to the Foliage <laughs> Festival. Um, but before we get to Winter Beast, we'll start with Death Screams, mm-hmm. uh, which just now came to Blu-ray uh, and digital courtesy of Arrow Video. Um this is one of those definitely quintessential sort of like we're mimicking the slasher boom we're mimicking the friday the 13th series um but it's anything but that really uh yes <laughs> it's it's i i wrote something down and i gotta look at it again it didn't write much basically the synopsis of the movie is stop characters stumble around a fair then their houses and then a cemetery for 72 minutes and then the next 20 minutes happens which chris i think you did some time checks so you can probably correct me on those oh and i i will i i don't necessarily want to beat by beat the movie but i it's part of the reason why like i was saying if this so this is a whodunit slasher like you said in the style of of uh, friday the 13th it's very clearly trying to rip off friday the 13th but the first one obviously the, the first one exactly yeah um, it, it's got a lot of attempts at uh, like first person uh, killer um, sort of thing. The, the camera's mim- mimicking it, so it's very much trying to ape off the first one, especially with it being you know two years after um, the the release of Friday the Thirteenth. But horribly inept, and it it has that charm of it being a, a hometown movie. The the quote unquote actors that are in the movie that are playing these quote unquote characters are very much like friend of the director level actors where like yes. you can tell that they're people that have never once in their life been on a movie set and they don't know exactly what to do so that the lines are, are very very curt very uh, uh, uh not really like a human would say them uh it's very dull conversations about about work and about how pretty much every business in this town is horribly understaffed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, nobody really has a lot to say to the point where there are long stretches of the movie where there's characters on screen and nobody's saying anything. Um, they're just kind of like hanging out and it's just like diegetic sounds. And I'm not just talking about the fair that that takes up a, a large portion of a the middle of, of this of movie. Of very, there's like 30 minutes of footage that's dedicated to characters on rides at the fair and it has no story purpose whatsoever a fair (laughs) came to town and they brought the camera along and they didn't care that they didn't have permits and they just let them shoot the Um, fair probably didn't care either they're like oh we'll get some exposure you know like i i doubt that nobody said anything (laughs) 
Right. I mean, like, there's no way that people didn't see them walking around. And, like, there was sections of, uh, they do, like, the strongman, um, it's not a ride, but whatever, the, the, the test of strength competition with the hammer and everything. There was yes. a couple of different shots there. Like, they were having to block it. So there's no way that they would have been able to spend that amount of time to get that scene unless people owning the fair saw them doing it so that even has more of a hometown feel that it was mostly like i i don't know if uh you know where you grew up had a a town fair or if you were like Mm -hmm. close enough to the state fair that you like went there but we we had like the sage and sun festival where i grew up as a kid that's definitely if you brought a camera down there it's all people that are like your your you know, school teachers and the librarian and like people that are local that are going to see you with the camera and be like, yep. Oh yeah, come on in and shoot your little movie. We're not we're, like, we're not going to try and get money out of you or anything like the, the community wants you to succeed. So that's yep. really that the vibe that you're getting out of this. And then the movie at the end of it turns into like this horrifically violent, like, like practical effects uh, out the ass, uh, even though the entire movie Pretty much all the kills have been off camera, except for one that I can think of. Except um, for the opening one, I think. Yeah, I, there's there's another one that's like a sort of Black Christmas esque that I wanted mm-hmm. to to get to as well. But like that's like the the movie completely did not have me for like like you said like the seventy minute runtime of them like like wandering around in the woods, and then that final like ten ish minutes of the movie. Oh boy. <laughs> I, I went from, like, being completely moot, like, not even giving a shit at all about Death Screams, to adoring this movie on the drop of a hat. Oh, that's... I'm glad to hear that, um, because I, I was enjoying... I guess because I'm a super weirdo, as I've said many times in this podcast <laughs> before, I was enjoying the weird, like, stuff of the fair. Because, like you said, mm-hmm. yes, I, too, am from a small town. Columbia County Fair and Rodeo. My aunt and uncle are pretty much the head of the board. So that gives you how, like, you know, glimpse into how small of a town I grew up in mm-hmm. it is. So it's like, that was a big deal. Um, but, like, to me, that's the stuff that I think makes it, again, makes it stand out. I, I want to get into those those final ten minutes and I want to get into the kills for sure, but I just mm-hmm. do want to take a minute, take a detour, if you will, like this movie does, because I feel like the stuff at the fair is so odd. Like you said, they just let people do it uh, clearly because it's like they didn't have the money to hire actors to like run like do, you know throwing the dart at the balloon and mm-hmm. doing the strongman thing, as you said. So it's like very clearly like probably the actual people working at. It's that just fair. the carnies, yeah, the carnies, and so like. It's a, clearly they they had to either they got the permission or they just didn't care one or the other. They have like just weird nonsensical dialogue, like double entendres, where mm, it's like mm-hmm. you see their intent, but it's like you know, like there's the one guy. And by the way, we're not even gonna try and like keep all the characters straight because this has more Impossible. characters than any Friday the Thirteenth movie. It's absurd the number of characters that are in this movie can't do it but there's like the one woman who's working the booth and this clearly was like a homemade little booth because they did have the actors for this part right um and and like the boyfriend presumably is fixing it and he's like looking good lil come back and help me nail i never get around when it comes to nailing you'll have to forgive him he isn't housebroken yet (laughs) you too not yet but i'm working (laughs) see you later stuff like that or like there's somebody's grandmother uh is in this as well like there's yeah. a grandma character who's like kind of spunky like she she has a line and it might even be the same girl who's running this booth where she talks about someone's like like intelligence good riddance to bad rubbish i wasn't so bad 
You're just too hard on him. Hard on him? Why pity his poor patients. He has about as much chance of becoming a doctor as I do the Queen of England. Oh, Grandma. The Queen of England, you hear me? If his brains were TNT, he could muster a good fart. <laughs> You're terrible. Meaner in hell, and don't you forget it. Something <laughs> odd like that, to where it's like, and there's many exchanges like that, to where yeah. it's like, okay, nobody talks like this or or if they do i mean you know again i'm not from north carolina so maybe yeah. these are expressions that are from there and that's the stuff that i find i was like this is where it's like most movies like this most slasher movies had be like man nothing is happening when are we getting to the kills these characters are boring right here it's like there was just like i start started at the beginning there's that little bit of like weird weird energy and it consists throughout um, like they're at the fair for like 30 minutes and then there's one character who's got some sort of handicap. I, I don't recall, um, exactly, but there's that, there's one character who's like friends with them. Um, oh yeah. Or he's just socially awkward. I can't like, it's hard to really I, decide. I don't for... know. They don't, they don't call it out. Nobody like specifically says he's got, you know, something going on or he's like part of a, a special group or anything like nobody nobody comes out and says anything outright but like he's very goofy socially awkward running away from people very exuberant and flailing of the arms and stuff and it's like well okay they, they, clearly they're and it, like you don't know if it's um if it's just insanity like like maybe this yeah. is just a crazy person because one of the things about the movie that makes it weird is that the first the first three minutes of the movie are a couple who are getting ready to have sex on a bike in the woods yep. underneath some train tracks and the guy says that like oh it, I timed it out like at 1020 or whatever the train will come by and it'll it'll be an amazing thing when the train comes by it'll go right over us on the train tracks well when the train comes by th they get killed and I don't know how like it's a close-up on their heads and they're like bleeding out of their mouths and mm -hmm. but it looked like they were getting strangled but it reminded me of of wicked world when the the couple is dancing and he throws the belt around their neck and, and inexplicably is a, able to strangle both of them uh to the point where they're bleeding out of their mouths but i wasn't even sure if that's what i was seeing no i i, I it's so geographically confusing it, <laughs> it comes out of nowhere sequence. And there's no yeah. build up. There's no. There's no um, like like Friday the Thirteenth first person camera shot from like in the woods looking through some bushes and oh like they're being stalked. Like it's literally the train comes by and then there's like a musical sting and they're bleeding out of their mouths. So like you don't know like did they get stabbed or what's going on here? It's like completely disorienting. They fall into the water like in a creek, and we start the intro credits. That's playing like pageant music. It's yeah. like here she is, the wonderful miss. It's like that sort of like sweeping big score, and the baby of the year. <laughs> Fuck you, Bart Harley Jarvis. Um, Fuck you, Harley Jarvis. Fuck you, Harley Jarvis. Get out! God damn it! So you think so? Like you think that this is going to be like the inciting incident? Uh, it, like you know, something's going to happen here, and this corpse of this couple is like the the telltale heart of the movie of the like they just fall in the river and then we cut to the characters and the characters are you know going to work and 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 there's like a mention of a sheriff being like hey have you seen uh timmy and sally like uh, they haven't like come into work or whatever so like the sheriff pops up a lot in this sheriff movie. pops he's up like a the, lot yeah and he he's looks like, like the only the one red herring unless i'm missing somebody 
No, no, he 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 is. Like he's he's the only red herring because he's the only character again, you can't keep most of these characters straight. The sheriff you can uh, to a certain extent, not just because of his role, but he just he just looks different from everybody. He kind of looks like yeah. it. Yeah, to forget the actor, forgive me, but he looks like the actor who plays Lieutenant Eckhart in the Tim Burton Batman. Mm-hmm. Like he's got that sort of look to him. So it's like he's coming around and everyone like and he seems like nefarious almost like more so than just like a small town sheriff that like oh, he's got he's lines. behind these yeah he's got the he's got the most lines mm-hmm. in this movie i think uh arguably well and, and so you, in like not yeah. only just that he looks like that actor but he's got like the big 10 gallon hat and sunglasses mm-hmm. like he looks li- like a i guess you could say like a stereotypical cop or like say like a highway patrolman guy and there's nobody else yeah. in the movie that looks like that no, and he's got sort of like, and he sort of holds, like, I don't know, I didn't look enough to see if he was like an actor in other things, mm-hmm. but he has that sort of like character actor-y feel, like whether he was actually in other movies or it was like a waiting for Guffman type <laughs> situation where he like was in plays in the small town and so he's the only one with acting experience. Could but be. either way, it was clearly, it, it is still clear he was the, the, the one like actor Oh yeah, of the of the bunch. So oh, they, that's they filmed him a lot. I think. <laughs> I mean, yeah, reason. play to your strengths. I can totally yeah. understand why they would, but I, like, so but like other than him like walking around and, and being the 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 uh, red herring, the as things are going on in the town and people have taken notice that they've disappeared and they're having these sidebar conversations. There's at least twice that the movie cuts back to show that couple's like corpses floating mm-hmm. down the river with just some like music playing and then it'll like cut back to the fair. And so it's like it it's it's like a, a it's like a Alfred Hitchcock uh element of like the bomb under the table of like all right like so eventually someone's going to find these corpses, right? And then something's going to going to happen. But it doesn't like the the like the and I don't want to spoil the whole thing like if you haven't seen Death Screams First off, I was I would say just go watch the last ten minutes because you're not going to really miss much of anything. But I disagree. I think you should watch the whole thing. <laughs> you need the but, build up. Yes. Maybe you need the build up. Maybe I'm completely wrong. But it is available. Uh, Arrow Video is. just put out a Blu-ray. As we said, mm-hmm. I got it for Chris for Christmas. Um, but it is also I think on iTunes as well as the uh, Arrow TV or mm-hmm. Arrow uh, uh, Video channel. Which and I it's know like is on five Roku. bucks a month or something like that. Like it's it's a steal. If you if you like these kind of stuff, you should get the Arrow Video channel. Like, oh, yeah. Highly recommend it. There's a, there's a bunch of awesome shit on there. there it's so good. But uh, if you want to see Death Screams, stop this podcast right now. Go watch it. Or uh, skip forward we, until we start talking about the next one. Yeah, because you could listen to us talk about the chill factor. Because you shouldn't watch the chill factor. Yeah, but that's fine. we will get into it. Um, so, yeah. Skip ahead five or so minutes. But yes, you you are itching to talk about this this finale. I mean, I, I, I kind of want to roll the red carpet out. because well, I so before we get to the the finale, I do want to talk about that. So there's there's a point in the movie where, and I mean, God help me, I don't know why I'm going to the IMDb page because I'm not going to be able to tell. But uh, 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 Jennifer Chase, who plays Ramona. Um, goes to a, another character's house, some other guy, and she's, like, gonna bang him while he's taking a shower, and he basically tells her off, like, hey, you know, like, I'm not into that. This isn't gonna happen tonight, and kicks her out of the house. And on her way out, she runs into the sheriff. And there's sort of, like, this expository um, uh, conversation that they have where uh, she's, 
like he basically like slut shames her and is like saying a bunch of like really like mean shit to her and she's like you're just angry because your son died in a car crash year ago a year ago and i wasn't even the one driving like this other girl was driving and like it doesn't end amicably they're just like yelling at each other and they part ways and so that's like when you think about this guy being a red herring like he's literally the only one that's like set up with with motive because like right. there's no there's no scene of like the beginning of Friday the 13th where the the kid's about to get stabbed and he's like oh it's you or like like some level of like you know, I recognize the killer or or any inclination whatsoever as to who this person is but other than that that kill of the first couple in the first 3 minutes we then go 34 minutes of scenes at the fair before we cut to a woman who's i think out in a in the parking lot it's out in the grass so it looks like the parking like situation at the gorge where it's like a big open grass yes. field and yes. there's like a couple of cars cars out there and she's just hanging out by herself and they could she gets shot in the back with a fucking arrow out of nowhere <laughs> like, and again there's no there's no cutaway to like somebody no. like peering over a rock or from behind a tree and like oh someone's following her she's sitting there and then a fucking arrow hits her it reminds me of that gag in have you seen kentucky fried movie yes it reminds me of that arrow gag where like they do the news bit of the person getting shot in the arrow and then like out of nowhere the anchorman gets shot with the arrow while they're like on air it's yeah. exactly like that except it's not a comedy no, no. I mean, it, well, it's it's not trying to play it for a comedy, but I no, laughed at it because I was like, "What the fuck? Where did that come from?" But she like she gets nailed in the shoulder and she like rips the the arrow out, which is badass. But she takes yes. off running across the field and comes across a carousel, which is apparently not part of the main uh, fair because there's nobody there. It, it's completely it, like the carousel isn't running. It's out in the middle of the field. You don't hear any kids laughing or people around it. It's just a carousel. And so instead of running to the cops or or running to anybody in civilization or to the nearby fair that we know that she's next to, she runs to an abandoned carousel and climbs on it to, I guess, bleed out. And while she's sitting on the, the horse, the carousel ride starts up. She's, like, very confused looking around. And then a pair of hands, like, much like a Jalo film, like, come out of nowhere and put a, a plastic bag over her head and she suffocates yes. and dies. And there's a cool, like a pretty cool shot of the carousel going around of her body just sitting on it. Which, that was the shot yeah. that reminded me of Black Christmas. Of just the body looking off in the distance with the, the plastic bag on its head. And it was like, okay, that was cool. I mean, it was very shoddily set up. But, like, that element was pretty neat. It reminded me of, of like, an Italian slasher. Yeah, it's a cool sequence. And I, I just, I had a total... I had a total brain fart because I was like, wait, is this the moment where they like, they get chased by people on the carousel. And then I realized that was another movie we watched recently, <laughs> not for this podcast. No, no, it's just another random movie. It, it will probably make an appearance at I'm, some point. I'm sure bloody new year is going to make an appearance on this podcast at some I, point. I'm, but... I'm almost positive. It's on our list of, of episodes to do. Um, but I was like, these blur movies are just blurring together. <laughs> <laughs> they really no. They, I mean, yeah. They they all have have these same elements, and and I don't want to necessarily use the 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 phrase with the shoot the rodeo phrase of if a fair comes to town and you have no budget, you pretty much have no choice but to go shoot something because it has production value, and it's something that you don't have in hand and you don't have the money to recreate. So you have to take advantage of it. Exactly. Um, and then, God, and then, so this happens. So it's like a little blip, little moment, little excitement. It breaks um, it up. Yeah. Yep. And then, 
how long is it till anything happens Dude. again? <laughs> till and, the end of the movie? <laughs> well, and then, so it's an hour and six minutes before they decide to go to the cemetery. So, like, that's not even when yes. shit kicks off. So, we're still, like, 30, uh, so we're about 40 minutes in. She gets killed. I think we go back to the fair for a little bit um, to catch up with the characters. But then they they break off. Um, um, there's a scene later where a guy... Uh, he it's the guy who gets shaving cream on his car i think he goes up into an attic because he hears a noise and then a, a machete swings from off camera and kills him right. off camera so like we don't see any of that happen and that's one of the things too is like other than the 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 plastic bag kill is really the most graphic thing that we've seen on camera so far and everything mm -hmm. else is sort of it's masked it's in darkness like we we saw blood coming out of people's mouths um the 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 arrow in the shoulder like we didn't see the arrow go in or anything but we see that her shirt's bloody so we're like okay it's on that level of of filmmaking there no there's no tom savini helping these guys right. out uh exactly. they're, they're making do with what they got and so we there's sort of characters have their sidebar conversations of like hey let's throw a party uh, let's just go in the woods uh and have a party and so then this is when you're like okay now it's going to go full friday the 13th we're going to get our characters out to a campsite they're going to uh, section themselves off and go off in the woods by themselves and stuff and this is the portion of the movie i was telling you like where they don't even have dialogue for the characters there's long shots of characters sitting by the fire and nobody's talking to each other i know <laughs> or by, or just by the fire by the by the tombstones in the cemetery yep. it's just like they're just just chilling just chilling. Well, and like Nothing. the the there's that the the um character that reminded me of Shelly from Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. He's like a, a stocky, uh, curly haired dude who's like trying to be the comedic. The exact same thing. Oh my god! Which this came out, I think, the same year as Friday the Thirteenth Part. Oh, three. maybe because they were they were a year apart, right? So, well, well, no, there was two years between uh the Part One and Part Two, I think. No, there was one year. It was, was 80, it really? 81, wow, 82, 80, 81, 82 for one, two, three. And then there was a two-year gap for part four. Right. Okay. So. So, yeah. Um, it would have been, yeah. like, parallel thinking. Who ripped off who? Um, it, really, anybody's guess. <laughs> we know the Friday 13th history of ripping uh, off, ripping off yeah. successful movies. So, it, it who who's to say that... Uh, uh, but he's Whoever. like he's dancing out in the woods and he's getting drunk and there's no music playing like they, they basically like went out in the woods and they were like just do stuff and so then they filmed while the characters had or the, the you know quote-unquote actors had high energy and then over the course of the night as people stopped doing shit because they were bored because they weren't getting any direction that's where you like ended up towards the end of the characters just sitting around a fire nobody talking to each other because nobody wanted to be there and they captured it all on film so it's a it's a nice little peer into the movie making process but the one character gets fed up and is like, you guys are just fucking and I don't want to be here. And she like takes off to go skinny dipping and mm -hmm. she finds the MacGuffin corpses. And so then she's you know, swimming in there and she oh gets completely naked, of course, and is like floating on her back and then runs into the, the dead bodies incidentally, the music. Bah, dun, bah, dun, dun, bah. And we're like, oh shit. Okay. So she's going to run back to her group of friends. Uh, uh, shit's gonna go crazy when they find out there's dead bodies out there and like, all havoc's gonna break loose um, she steps out of the water and gets her throat slashed by a machete that comes in from off screen <laughs> and she's dead and she just floats into the water and joins that clump of bodies and floats there and <laughs> that's the last of the bodies in the movie like it literally is a MacGuffin they never get yeah. found no 
They never do. They just keep floating down that river. It doesn't matter. <laughs> just fuck it. Whatever. Like it, And I, I thought at least like that was, it's an interesting choice at least because it makes the most sense. Like kill some characters. They will get found later. That becomes like an incident for, oh shit, there's a killer here. And then shit goes into another gear. But they, they didn't take that. They went with a much weirder route to get to the same result later in the next few minutes well, but i guess speaking of black christmas i mean that black christmas ends that way too of like when the camera like mm, dollies mm-hmm. out and the, the the i forget the character but the body with the bag over it is in the attic and nobody ever found that body mm-hmm. so yeah. that maybe that was the move that really was maybe the movie they were inspired by the it's most. possible it has a plastic bag kill yeah uh yep. yeah it, it could very much like likely be yeah um but so the 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 fantastic miraculous ending that, that saved this movie for me they so they uh they're in the woods that girl dies and then we cut back to the the kids around the campfire and they're like hey uh this party sucks you guys want to go over to the the um nearby cemetery and continue the party and one of the girls at the campfire is like Oh, what about you know Kathy or whoever it is? That's just like what? What about her? She just left. Ah, we'll like leave a note. She'll find us. <laughs> this is the eighties, man. Like, there's no cell phones or anything. It's just like, no, just fine. We'll just leave her out in the woods here by herself. Let's go on over yonder to the the cemetery. So they all get up. I think a couple of new characters join them on the way. Um, God, yes. <laughs> So it's just like what you're adding to the cast, and so like they they get over seven minutes left in this movie. Like, and come on, like we are running out of time, and you're like, hey, I haven't seen you since. <laughs> come along to the cemetery, and so they they go walking over to the cemetery. One of them tells a, a ghost story. It's a, it's a, a you know well worn urban legend about the dog under the bed licking hands. Um, they're hanging out there, and then it starts to rain. Like, oh shit, okay, well let's. We gotta change locations again. Let's go on to the old abandoned house. And it's just like we are running out of time and you were just changing locations you like for, for eat between scenes, just keep going to the next thing. But they get to this house, they're hanging out there, uh Shelly, uh not Shelly, is like, uh, I gotta take a shit. <laughs> and they're like, Well, okay, well, this is an abandoned house, so there's no plumbing, but there's an outhouse out there that the grave diggers use. You can go you can go take a shit in the outhouse. He goes out there. Everyone else in the house is like, "Hey, you know, let's let's go fuck with him." Like, you know, once he's like, once he's in the middle of taking a shit, let's go mess around with him. And they go out there, and I, I mean, first off, it reminded me of Friday the Thirteenth Part Five and the the damned enchiladas. Um, and I, I, I had to listen to disco enchiladas again after I was I was done uh, uh, watching it. But they they go out there and they don't fuck with him. They just open the door to like to the toilet just to. This would be a way to fuck with him. Let's make eye contact with him while he's taking a dump. Um, but they open the door, and he is naked, strung upside down, and it's just like, oh, okay, now this is the reveal that there is a killer. And this happens. I, I wrote it down. So, okay. Um, shadowy Attic, uh, the guy who gets killed, uh, the lazy MacGuffin. Okay, so at, at 1 hour, 16 minutes, and 30 seconds is when they swing the door open to this toilet. And see him strung up they're like oh shit okay well we like get him down and and they they pull him down from the thing they pull him into the house and they're checking on him they're like i like he's fucking gone he's dead i don't know what to do one of the guys in the house is like well okay i have to go get help and he just takes off into the night and his girlfriend 
pretty soon after is like, well, I can't let him go alone. I have to go get him. So he, you know, zigzags his way through the tombstones. Music is blaring. He gets to the other uh, end of the field and jumps into his truck to go start it up. And we see machetes in the back of the truck. Cut back to girlfriend. She's running. She gets through the tombstones. She gets the truck and she's like, oh my God. Oh, I, I thought you were going to leave me. And like puts her hand on his shoulder and his head just rolls off of his body. She gets pulled out of the truck. Some other guy is now running through the woods and he's, he's going through the tombstones. He gets to the truck, stumbles and falls and sees uh, her head and limbs strewn all over the ground. Like the dude has just hacked her into a million pieces and she's just scattered all next to the truck. He goes running back towards the house, trips and falls into an open grave, tries to get out and gets his hands cut off on the way out and falls back into the grave, presumably dies of blood loss from the no hands. Um, we we get back to the house and uh, there's actually like a cool shot of them like, oh, somebody's coming. He opens the door and you see just for a brief moment the killer like running up to the door with a machete over his head. And you're like, oh shit. And he like slams the door. Everyone's freaking out. Uh, the Ramona, the only character that I know, uh, uh, from earlier, she goes to try and run upstairs and she falls through the stairs again, abandoned house into presumably a closet because you can see from where the camera is, you can see that it's like a broom closet that's at the bottom of the stairs there. So she falls Mm -hmm. into that and then they're like, Oh shit, we got to help her. So they start pulling her up and as they're pulling her up, she starts screaming. And then when they pull her up, she's in half. So like the killer somehow got into the broom closet from outside like i mean it's abandoned house there's probably a hole somewhere but i just thought it was funny that he found his route in through the closet saw legs he's like oh i'm just gonna saw this woman in half real quick so he does that they drop her through the stairs into the storage closet because she's now in half (laughs) um they all run upstairs they're blocking the door dude busts in and you're thinking like okay big reveal it's the whodunit and they show the dude come running in you're like who? Who's that guy? Who? Who done it? <laughs> I still don't know who. I'm looking at the guy's face. Who done it? And like, I who didn't know. It? I had to watch it twice because I was like, maybe I missed a character earlier on. And I still don't know. Maybe I did miss a character earlier on. Is it? No, I don't know either. I have no idea. I have no idea. And I think it would almost, might almost fit in with the ending, like the exact ending, which we have, which I know we're headed towards. Uh, we're the, we're there. Just, we're on the cusp. We're there of just like senseless violence like 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 the sheriff almost has his like tommy lee jones and no country for old men like moment at the end of the movie i'm just like i don't understand any of this because they, so we don't know who done it no and they square off and he they they like are able to kind of i i can't remember if she like evades or if they throw him out the window but either way she slashes his throat with a piece of glass that's right and he so he's so he gets his throat slashed and then falls out the window into like he's like right behind or he falls into a not an outhouse but like a like almost like a cellar like where he's like, yeah like door. a shed something because the the sheriff has to open the door he's he hears the noise he hears the noise when the guy drops in and he opens the door sees this dude with his throat slash who's motionless pulls, Motionless, yeah. Like, he's not going anywhere. Pulls out his pistol, shoots him in the head, and his head explodes. Like, it clearly was, like, the money shot they had for this. Of, like, just... Just... 
just explodes, and you only see it for like two frames, but it's incredible. And then he it's proceeds to shoot him four more times. <laughs> he empties his gun into the guy, and like he doesn't have any context. Like all of this has been going on, and he comes walking up to the presumably an abandoned house with his gun out and a and a flashlight. And he like points it up at the at the top floor, and he's like, "Hey, who's up there?" The next thing he sees is a man f- like fall out of a window and crash, who's looks dead. He's like covered in glass, his throat is slashed, and his his first instinct is, "I need to fucking light this guy." <laughs> I don't know who this is, but he's fucking hey, dead. <laughs> he's not he he is not hesitating like Sheriff Brackett. Evil is dying. <laughs> Evil died that night. I can I can emphatically say evil died that night. And he made sure of it. Well, and and then we get the amazing ending where like you th- you think you think that even though we didn't see the per like even though we don't know who done it, we had assumed we're like okay, there's enough time. Like mm-hmm. the sheriff is going to give some sort of like expository reveal of who that person is even if it doesn't matter like they'll do like a psycho at least we're like oh he lost his mind because his mother died exactly yeah his psycho would be a good comparison nope the one no. of the survivors is, is like uh uh oh my god why i don't let's just get you home i don't know i don't know <laughs> I, I don't know let's get you home credits and then credits <laughs> What and like the movie? The movie tries to like like very ham fistedly try and get like an explanation in there because the dude like busts into the attic with him in there with his machete raised, and he's like, "You're you're a slut. You're you're just like my my mom." And like yelling at the lady, and then when she falls over, he has like a short like Susan or like whatever he thinks her name is, and they do a flashback. Of like a, a woman on a bed in, in her underwear receiving money from a man, and there's a like a young child in the background, like you know, presumably this guy as a child seeing like his mom get money for sex, and like that fucked him up and turned him into a killer, and like mm-hmm. that is like a like a ten second little quick flashback shot right before his throat is slashed, he falls out of a window and he gets shot in the fucking head five times. <laughs> and that, that's it. And then the whole thing is like just summed up by the sheriff being like, I don't know. <laughs> Let's get you home. Like, and I, I was, I was talking to you earlier today. It's like, if, if like, uh, if I didn't know pretty much for a fact that like, this is just the best that they could do. If they had done this on purpose and they were trying to be like subversive about the slasher genre to where there is no greater purpose, it's just a madman with a with a hatchet killing people who also don't have a greater purpose and were just going about their day and going about their lives and they happen to get interrupted, then I can almost I can almost appreciate it on that level. But there's there's nothing in the movie that leads me to believe that any of that was done on purpose. I don't think so. I think it, I think it's complete and utter accident. Which I mean, it happened I, in some capacity. I would take it. Like, yeah, hats off to him for it. But yeah, I don't. I definitely would not think it was purposeful, <laughs> given given just how much given nothingness there is in the yeah, movie. broadly the, gestures you, and everything. Like the, yeah. the movie, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. But 
But I think that's, and I think it's what makes it, but I think that's what makes it good in this weird subgenre. Oh, yeah. And that's something I probably didn't, like, lay on top of, like, sort of my criteria for these picks. Because, again, like, we're not dealing with high art in any of these movies. But my sort of, like, thoughts and feelings of these were, like, okay, how closely do these achieve the sort of things that they're mimicking or trying to do? Oh, yeah. And and Death Screams, I mean, just given the glut of slashers that came in the wake of Friday the 13th and then after Halloween before that, like, there's so many bad, like, studio or bigger budgeted slashers worse than Death Screams. So mm-hmm. I'm like, the fact that you accomplished relatively the, the, the beats and, like, the motions of this genre, subgenre, I guess, um is impressive for like the nothing you had to make the movie. And so that's sort of where it shifted to the good. Whereas like we get into our bad here, it's like, yeah, the movies they're trying to mimic are a bit more harder to accomplish. Uh, I'll I'll have to give that like Mm -hmm. acknowledgement, but man, it, do they, do they miss the mark? I think like even more so than, you know, death screams. Um, Well, in death screams, it just, it, it just reeks of, uh, they had an idea and they wanted to get on the the train of slashers and so then they went out and shot their idea which you know accounted for that final seven minutes of like shit going haywire and then they sat Mm -hmm. down to review their footage and they had a 15 minute long movie and then they're like oh shit like we can't sell uh we can't distribute a, a feature film that's 15 minutes nobody will buy it nobody will watch it so then they well there's there's a carnival coming to town. Uh, what if they <laughs> hang out in the woods for an extra 25 minutes? Like, they, they had to pad extra things. So, they, they retroactively built out the rest of the movie. But, like, really what they wanted to make was the slasher part of it. Which mm-hmm. is why, if, like, it's so out of fucking left field. And it's so fun. And, and I guess just being somebody who myself has filmed some stupid shit uh before and like had funs with had fun with friends this movie just oozes so much of that same spirit of like we just wanted to make a horror film with people in our hometown that we knew yes and the fact that i'm like watching it streaming on arrow tv or like buying the blu-ray is like it it it, there's just like a, a amount of respect and reverence there for it that I wouldn't have for something that was a bigger budget that accomplished like the same or, you know, even lesser in some cases, like you said. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think that for, for people like us who've worked on shorts and features with like no money, probably even less money than death screams and the team Mm -hmm. had for that movie. And so it's like watching these things sort of come to fruition and sort of seeing how the hamster wheel goes, I think is more enjoyable. And so it's like one of those where it's like, I have to kind of try and, differentiate that as well at the same time because we could say here goes like this is so much fun and great you should go watch it and then anybody else like maybe who isn't quite tailored to that would be like this is fucking boring why am i watching this and it's like i get that i would get that but i think for people like us it's like that there's so much elbow grease put into the movie and it's like you came out not only with a movie but a movie that is like decently successful at what you set out to do is is pretty impressive oh yeah and i mean if anything you've always got that that little seven minutes of footage that's that's just like this perfectly distilled little everlasting (laughs) gobstopper that comes out of that churning machine at the end like you got that and it's it's great it's wonderful 
Um, well, what's not so wonderful? <laughs> we should just get into it. I, uh, uh, I guess uh, a movie, a movie that's also low budget, but had I, I think more resources than oh, yeah. Death Screams for sure. It's a better looking movie. Uh, I think I would probably not argue that. No. Um, is the chill factor? So this movie, for a bit of context, I I don't remember if they were called Windsor Lake Studios. But there was a small production company that that formed in like the late '80s and early '90s in around the Windsor Lake area in Wisconsin, and they produced just a bunch of low-budget slasher movies. Um, I think they they produced this one. They produced uh, Trapped Alive, mm-hmm. which I know you haven't seen yet, Chris, but it is another one that Arrow put out. Uh, they I think they also made another movie called The Inheritor. Um, it's it, it's like not had a restoration i've seen it on vhs it's one of those where like i think dan haggerty's top build but he's only in it for like 10 minutes of the movie yeah so most dan haggerty movies (laughs) yes exactly um but and then trapped alive of course has cameron mitchell in it similarly top build not in it very long Mm -hmm. this doesn't have anyone like that um there's no there's no uh c-lister attached to this one and it's it's one of those movies I think that's it's super disappointing for one because you kind of pointed it out at the end of the last episode. It's got an amazing cover, mm-hmm. at least the, the both of the VHS tape as well as the um, the art for the Arrow video. It had the art of a uh, snowmobile, like a head and a snowmobile helmet with a large icicle jammed right through it. Yeah, um, and it's like screaming, so like he's not even dead yet. It's just like it's a horrifying. Yes. Image. Exactly, which credit where credit's due, there's a whole lot of nothing that happens in this movie. That death at least happens, at least kind relatively. Of. Yeah. Um, kind of happens. Um, happens enough to where right. it's like not a bold-faced lie on the cover of the movie. But this is definitely one of those, this is definitely one of those where like I mentioned Death Screams has that sort of like flavor even in the weird nothing happens at the fair type stuff. Mm-hmm. This is the opposite of that where it's like nothing happens for an hour of this 86 minute movie. There's oh, a yeah. good chunk in the in the middle where nothing happens in this movie and it is so dull. It is so boring. Um, I will guess I'll set up the premise and we can get into it. Sure. Um, it it's the only sort of quote unquote weirdness that comes into play is so the this movie opens it's got like a, a voiceover narration yeah. that opens and closes the movie from from our 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 final girl who makes it out and and she's like an old woman now and she's <laughs> it's like talking Titanic. about yeah yeah it's, it's <laughs> like Titanic and she talks about like you know we were young and we did this and yeah it was the dawn of the millennium so i guess this takes place in the year 2000 um, yeah i guess i, I guess it so, so look when it. is she when is she narrating it i don't <laughs> i don't know <laughs> well past now even in 2022 uh yeah would have to be um on the run spoiler it's super super strange yeah super strange so they they go so a bunch of people they're clearly graduated from college yes because like one of them's getting their phd yeah. one of them is uh on the practice squad for the for, rams yeah i think for the rams for some nfl team which this would have been um, this is, uh, came out in 93 so it would have been the st louis rams at the time yep so um and so they're 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 going to a cabin. I don't remember if it's a cat. Oh, it is a cabin that's like owned by somebody of the family, like one of the persons 
family, mm. I think. Because there's, like, pictures and, like, shit like that, I want to say. Um, but they go to this cabin. One of them gets severely injured in a in a uh, snowmobile incident. Yeah. Um, and is, is it the is it the football player guy? It's the it is the football player guy, isn't it? No, who's the one who's injured? No, <laughs> see this is that's uh, the thing. This this, this is... has less characters than Death Screams, and I I can't keep these characters apart except no. for like except for like two of them. There's like the the one girlfriend, and then the 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 final girl. Yeah, like those are about the only two I can keep keep apart. Uh, that's one of the reasons I had to watch the movie twice, and I and I told you about it where. Because when they're when they're setting up the relationship for the characters in the bar initially, we we get introduced to the characters through the like the the Titanic esque uh, slash Wonder Years voiceover of like <laughs> yes these are the relationships. There's you know um, uh, who's uh, this is a fiance for this guy and uh, this guy's sister and then this guy and so like they're not cutting to the characters' faces as she's like saying these traits about them. So we get introduced to them while we're getting just sort of b-roll footage of a bar that's packed with people and then we cut to the characters at a table and sort of have to pick up from their dialogue and who they're talking to uh, what's going on the unfortunate thing is like you said this movie is so fucking boring and i was so much more bored watching this movie than i was watching death screams which we've already talked about has at least 30 minutes of footage of people just hanging out at a county fair and yes. I was so much more bored by the chill factor than I was by Death Screams. Because at least Death Screams, like, it was so strange that I was like, something has to happen soon. Like, what's, why are we here? What's going on? Like, there has to be a story that happens at some point. And I was invested enough to, to just try and parse what was going on. And I got so bored that I lost the relationships between characters to the point where <laughs> I thought that two characters later on that have a, like, graphic sexual relationship on screen i was convinced that they were the brother sister character and it made for a very <laughs> very weird final 20 30 minutes of the movie where it was just like wait a fucking minute <laughs> like this we is just, we just dovetailed into white fire oh no here. <laughs> but no 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 it, but but you're right it's like those so many those two, like the two the two dudes like the two like hunky looking dudes just like they 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 are interchangeable oh yeah like they same they, haircut they same hair color clean shaven yeah and like the the movie opens in a way you know because i've you know i've talked ad nauseum about death screams mm -hmm. and the weird sort of like uh like the weird again like one and done sort of like just townspeople that pop up in it mm -hmm. and you do get that for a scene in this bar scene yeah. that you mentioned which is like which shows a little bit of promise at least for me what i like of these type of movies it's it's in wisconsin so you have very very wisconsin accents abound in this sequence mm -hmm. um especially our our waitress our main waitress yeah. who's like super like sweet to them um and but you have like this weird like the characters our main characters are set up weird they have an encounter with a a patron who's being uh a, like hammer a drunk, drunk <laughs> he's hammered drunk he's being belligerent he's being racist to yeah one of the one to the girl in the group um he, he drops a she, hard r i think he does yeah, yeah. that it was like oof, yikes um and she, I mean, she she holds her own in that oh, engagement sure. for sure. And then he gets his, his ass kicked by the NFL player. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but yes, it, um, yeah, it gets like weird and uncomfortable. But it also is like just again those little like interactions and those little like 
ticks that make these movies shine. But then they get on those snowmobiles, and then they get into the woods, mm-hmm. into the cabin, and then it's just like one of them is laying injured on the table for like 40 minutes. Um, there, There's literally a scene because they send one of the characters out to go get help, and then mm-hmm. he ultimately meets his end, mm-hmm. uh, which we find out. In the lamest but way possible. It's so lame. Um, God, it's so it's so lame. Because we don't even see it happen. We just see the, the, the snowmobile. Uh, well, we kind of see it, but it's like, it's more or less that there was an opportunity there. So, like, I you're absolutely right in where, like, the in Death Screams, it was a ripoff of Friday the 13th. But with Friday the 13th, you get a sense of the culture of this small town of people who are hiding a secret. Or, or like, yes. the, 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 the relationships between these characters are, are you know, sort of hush-hush but very close-knit. And so then you you really get a sense of the town and the people itself. Whereas in this movie, you get the bar and you get a sense of really a ski community. It's not really centered yeah. around a town. It's people who come up in the in the mountains to go do these it's things. It's a tourist area. Yeah, it's a yeah, tourist area. it's like area. Timberline. Exactly. And, and so uh, the two of the characters are drunk and they're arguing about who can go faster on their snowmobile. And the, the waitress with the, the hat. Uh, that says, I get shit done, uh, which is yes. a, a cool hat. Uh, she tells him, like, well, if you want to be able to, like, actually race your snowmobiles, you can go out to the spot that's out there in the mountains. Uh, there's, like, a flat lake. So, like, you'll have a lot of traction there, and you can really, like, take off, and, and you can actually race your snowmobiles without, like, running into shit. Um, it's just, it's remote, and there's nobody out there. So if, you know, a storm comes in, you'll want to turn around and get back. And so this takes on uh, an evil dead. Uh, sort of setup of isolating mm-hmm. the characters getting them out there and so that that sort of small town charm that you're shooting with like locals and people that you went to school with and stuff that we talked about in death scream is gone now we're taking characters isolating them and we're not having any of the local community like spice uh, like little flavor that's in there it's all gone it just becomes generic people in the yep. woods Yep. There's a scene literally where where this this person goes out and then, you know, again, they ultimately find out he meets his end mm-hmm. where they're the the characters who are like, oh, like worried, like one of them is like falling asleep with his head in his hands. Another one is literally checking their watch and the mm-hmm. other characters kind of looking off in the distance. And I was like, did they know the cameras were rolling or are they as bored <laughs> yeah. making this movie? <laughs> mood. We are watching this movie. Same. <laughs> yeah. It's a mood. Yeah, exactly. I was like, yep, same, same. I feel this watching this movie. But that character it, that goes it, out is, is the football player. And he's basically like, uh, and they're, they're, they're talking about like how serious, this dude's accident is he he got into an accident he hit a tree in midair he's unconscious his hand is broken (laughs) like the bones are sticking out of it um and he's got like a head wound and they're basically like okay like uh they even say like at some point like he's he's lost a lot of blood he's most likely going to need a blood transfusion in the morning and so it's like this is serious shit um this guy's like well i gotta take off tonight like he might not make it until the morning i gotta get back so he goes off and Instead of it being, like, an exciting, like, race against time or anything, we'll keep cutting back to our characters who are just sort of, like, lollygagging around this yeah. abandoned lodge. There's no sense of urgency to no, there's no what ticking seems clock to be element. a dire situation. Yeah, exactly. And it's, like, right there staring you in the face where it's, like, a guy is dying. We got to get someplace fast. And, like, there's no excitement where they'll be hanging out. And then we'll cut back to, like, uh, 
like a wide establishing shot of like a hillside in moonlight and a guy on a, a, jet, a, a not jet ski a snowmobile just taking over over the dunes we'll get like a good 10 second shot and then we like cut back to the lodge and they're hanging out and looking for board games yep. and I haven't found they any. They find food the not Ouija board. That, yeah, the the not Ouija TM board. Um, <laughs> but it's like it was so frustrating because it was just like nobody seems actually like really scared or concerned. This dude's just riding no. off into the night, and then like yeah, they're looking for board games. Uh, they 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 find the not Ouija board TM, and I. I mean, oh, it's, it's cheap. Yeah, it's, it looks yeah. like shit. It's terrible. And like, but like, they they have a conversation where they're talking about it. Like, oh yeah, my grandma had one of these. Like, yeah, oh yeah, these are old hat. Everyone's seen one of these ones before. Like, the um the fiance. I should really like. I'm trying to look up the the characters' it's okay. names, but it's I can't. like it's like things almost where it's like you know where in things they're like oh it's like that movie where they go into the yes. woods or whatever where they're clearly like referring evil dead and this is like similarly where that and like also similar where like they're you know the the wife dies mm-hmm. and their friend gets sucked into third fourth and fifth dimension and um th- then they're just like hanging around yeah, drinking, drinking beers whiskey. And- yeah, yeah, <laughs> and this this is this is basically that. I would have much rather <laughs> but, watch things than the chill factor. Oh, um, well, because things has that same elbow grease of something exactly. like that screams, yeah. whereas this is like just boring. It's it's it seems much more cynical in in its creation. Yeah. In that, like these people obviously had money, but they didn't have the passion. They like these are people that were yeah. trying to get a bunch of money off of making a slasher, uh, rather than people who love slashers trying their best to make the best slasher they could. Which is weird because usually movies like that, usually, um, because they're trying to get them sold to a distributor to put on to VHS around this time, right? Mm-hmm. And so most of the time a distributor would only watch like the first 10 minutes of the movie. And so that's why you, that's why like these movies are, I mean, not always formulaic, but there's a certain formula where it's like there's almost always at least a death in the first 10 minutes mm-hmm. and there's boobs in the first 10 minutes. Yep that's almost always the case and this movie has neither yeah and i'm not like knocking it i mean i'm knocking it for a lot of things i'm not necessarily knocking it for that no but then but then it calls things into question about like the production of the movie it's like so did you think you were making like a higher like more evil dead like you kind of pointed out is this elevated horror like what do we (laughs) (laughs) exactly I do, like I don't know because usually because usually these movies like have something happen mm-hmm. in the beginning like there's excitement and then it's a little dull for like the rest of it because they're like oh, it didn't matter like we just needed to have that and mm-hmm. then we need to have an ending and then we can just like kind of fart around but this one they just start farting around yeah <laughs> I mean, maybe they thought the voiceover would like really drag people in to be like oh i wonder what happened to this old woman uh and what she's yeah. recounting I... it was like blade runner they did it after the fish. <laughs> yeah. cold fish um yeah. yeah you could just tell that she didn't want to do it on the mic um no but like so this anyway the ouija board the ouija board <laughs> the not ouija board the not ouija board that when you see this thing is chintzy it looks terrible and like it's Instead of it being a bunch of letters on a board and you put your hand on the stylus and you move it around and, like, ooh, spook your friends out, it was all the letters around the outside along with, a, a like, a yes, a no, and an evil. Like, there's a straight up, like, an evil is an option that's on it. And in the middle is an arrow, but it's a double-sided arrow, which I think 
makes the whole thing pretty confusing. And then in the middle of the of the board is like a big green eye. So it it looks like a middle schooler's art project that they that they made for like a Halloween art project, like paper mache together. So the fact that these two like grown women are like, oh no, yeah, my grandma used to use these things all the time to talk to her dead looks, husbands. It like it doesn't yeah. track. Like they, like this, it looks like they took the bubble uh, uh, off the middle of like a sorry board, like you know the bubble, like <laughs> yeah, boggle or whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was or was it sorry? No, well, there's boggle, but there was like, is it sorry where like the dice thing is in the middle and you like push the thing? I don't think down so. Sorry like... was the, the 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 weird little butt plug things, and then you could like oh. knock people off if you pass them, and then that's why I think you you're thinking... sorry. Oh, is it boggle? You're right. That's not sorry. It might have been boggle. It might have been boggle. Now I gotta look this up. I'm, I'm trying to remember my 1990s Nickelodeon cartoons uh, and their commercials because I, I definitely saw that commercial. Can you tell that we want to talk about anything but the chill factor? That we're like, <laughs> what was that board game that had uh, uh, that thing in the center? No, it wasn't Boggle. Boggle was more like the word. It was game. yeah something, but it was like, uh, and it wasn't sorry. Board game with bubble and middle. I know you're because you would you would press it and it would shake all the, like the dice in the. It side. was trouble. Trouble. Yes, <laughs> that was the game. Trouble. Yes. <laughs> So you were yes, saying it, it looks like the trouble board? It looks like the well the 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 the, the Ouija board, the thing in the center yes. looks like they took the little the little bubble out of trouble and like slapped it together. I would not be surprised if that's exactly what they did, because you're right. It does look like that same game board. Um but then like This is all staying in the episode, it, yeah, by yeah, the it's way. All, it's all be trying to this, find this. It's all good. Board it's game. all gold. There's, there's nothing to cut. Uh, but the so like they they both are like, oh no, yeah, to, this is old hat. Um, let's just fuck around with it. Um, uh, one of the girls that's there is like uh, uncomfortable. Our final girl is like uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Doesn't quite want to do it. And they're like, well, you know, let's do it anyway. Just put your hands on the board. And they put their hands on the board. And I don't even remember them like reciting or saying anything. They just put their hands on the board. And then the, the, the girl who was apprehensive about doing the whole thing apparently just starts having an orgasm. Like, she is, like, into whatever this seance mm-hmm. thing that is happening because she's got her, her head thrown back and she's writhing and, like, breathing hard. And you're like, uh, no one else at the table is reacting like this. This is going a little nuts. And then this is where we get our cross cut of showing the, the, the progress of the football player who's riding out in the snow, he's driving along, he's driving, and we get a, a rack focus onto uh, barbed wire that's pulled between two trees. And, that's right. And you're like, oh, fuck, yeah. He's, like, going to get beheaded or, like, this is going to be fucking gnarly. Like, these people have a higher budget than Death Screams. And that movie had heads exploding and people cut in half and, like, dismemberments and, like, we're going to get some, like, crazy shit. And he just kind of rides up to it and goes, and like falls over. And it's 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 like, it's like in, in Monty Python and the Holy Grail when the the cartoonist suffered a massive heart attack and whee! and he just falls backwards. It's that yeah. motion off of his snowmobile, and then he's just dead. And it's like it's why have the buildup if like you, you could at least cut away, like don't show it and have a sound effect, or like like you could do something to play it up, but to keep it fully in frame. And downplay it to like a G-rated death has yeah. no business being in this movie. 
No, it it didn't. I I, I deeply deeply missed uh, uh, Bloodbeat while watching this movie, mm. which is another Wisconsin shot shot movie. Uh, we talked about it a couple episodes back. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and beg you to listen because that one also has the crossroads juxtaposition of sex intercutting with violence mm-hmm. and weird spirits. Uh, except that one is like, oh my god, what is happening? I'm totally in. Whereas this one's like, eh, yeah, I don't. I should care. This is weird, but I don't. Well, and the weird thing is that like she that she's not possessed, and she doesn't become no. possessed. While while that whole scene is going on, the uh, unconscious boyfriend who's been laying by the fire, neglected, bleeding out, he starts having a seizure. And then they're like, oh, fuck. And they run over and they're like holding him and like making sure that he's okay. And he basically like wakes up and is like, quote unquote, you know, normal at that point. But like we as the audience pretty much understand like, okay, they accidentally summoned something by playing with that Ouija board. And the, the evil spirit has jumped into this guy's body. And so right. we understand that. I don't know why nobody else finds any of this completely like nonsensical no. or weird. They do yeah, go. Nobody does. They're just, they're just like, yeah, it's fine. He's okay now. Oh, Hooray. yeah. Oh, whew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what th- happened to our friend who went on the snowmobile? Oh, yeah, fuck, yeah, it. fuck it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Let's go lol again. Oh, and that's the thing, too, is that like he, so he, he like basically wakes up and then it's like, him and his girlfriend, who's the girl who's like coming while playing with the Ouija board, uh, who at this point in the movie I thought were were brother and sister, which is why it got <laughs> it got real weird for me real quick. But like, basically they're like hanging out, and then they're like, oh, okay, well, I guess let's just go split up and explore this facility for no reason. And so then they just split up and they're walking around, and then while like that's going on the 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 boyfriend who just woke up from the uh partial coma or whatever starts having like graphic sex uh with his girlfriend yes uh uh who at this point i thought was his sister and the the fiance goes off and like uh, walks into a, a a fridge for some reason and there's like a there's like a demon imagery there there's like a, oh yeah yeah like a like a, a scarecrow halloween uh a devil man uh, who's casting shadows on walls at certain points in the movie and she goes walking off into a uh it's a walk-in fridge um not a walk-in oven ginger dead man um but she she goes walking <laughs> into this walk-in fridge and then like a a, a fan from the ceiling uh inexplicably just starts like lowering itself and she's backed into a wall like screaming and then the camera just sort of like pans to the wall and then we just see blood and like meat chunks and stuff like fly up against the wall where like again it's like another kill that doesn't have any tension it doesn't make any yep. sense uh because like the they, they they should have shown like it should have been more i don't know if, if roger rabbit is the right comparison but like it should have been like it should have been cartoony where the fan yeah. is like bending and moving towards him, or, or like Nightmare on Elm Street, like cartoonish, uh, bending reality, not making any sense, but like that's sort of what makes it more horrifying. We don't get any of that. Yeah. Like the fan kind of just goes from being in a locked position to lowering three feet, and then we don't see it move anywhere else. Like as far as we know, it's like several feet away from her. She just stands where she is. She's safe, and then all of a sudden she's chunks, and we're like, oh yeah, oh, 
Yeah, it should have been like well, it should have been like Evil Dead Two from like sure. the like the scene where all the like the the uh, like the deer trophies and everyone like come to life on the and wall. the lamp like, that's like laughing. Yeah. The, yeah, 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 yeah. That it that be more like that. That mood, yeah. and the, I mean that's what they're trying to rip off anyway. So like exactly. Yeah, it would have made the most sense to do that, but like they just didn't. They just didn't care. Apparently. And they probably had like, a budget roughly like Evil Dead Two. Like Evil Dead Two was not a high budget movie by any stretch no. of the imagination. But it's like you got Sam Raimi at the helm, and there's your creativity right there. It's just nobody working because on you're this moving movie. the camera. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because you were moving the camera and you were doing interesting things with your sets and uh, using forced perspective and and like, like stuff that's interesting and innovative filmmaking. Nobody on this movie cared enough. No. I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but I think there's more locked off shots in this than Winter Beast. That is saying something. That is saying something. I was going to say it's questionable, but now that I'm thinking about it, you're probably not <laughs> off. I mean, like, because like, there's really nothing interesting that happens here. Like, even though people are dying, like you said, we do get the shot of the guy. He goes outside because he's getting um, chased by an evil spirit, he thinks. Like, we don't see yep. it, but it's that same, like, shadow of the devil man. And he slips, and the icicles are falling from yes. the uh, from the roof, and one of them impales him in the eye. Yeah, so it's which like, is a yeah. decent shot of it, like, yeah. going in, and he kind of has, like, a, like, shaking hands, and it's, like, a kind of a horrifying image. But, like, it, I, like you don't feel the buildup. You, you see it coming a mile away it sort of just happens and we cut away and because everything that's happening is just sort of unmotivated and and you don't really know exactly what's happening or why none of it really carries any weight and so then no like we cut back to the same room and like the dude's still banging his girlfriend then he has like a weird he has like a weird vision almost like a almost like a a, a rosemary's baby vision where like his hand has like devil nails, like he grows long nails on his hand, and he rolls her over, and then envisions his sister uh, swaps bodies like in his vision with his girlfriend, and he sees her nude in his mind. Which part of the reason I went and watched this movie twice because I had to be like, are they brother and sister? Because that makes the latter half of this movie really <laughs> fucked up. I went back to the beginning. There is a shot at the beginning in the bar. When um, the sister walks up to the, the, the waitress that has the hat on and asks her a question about, like, going out over the mountains. And her brother, character, walks up behind her and puts his hand on her ass. And is, like, rubbing her ass. And there's a shot from the, the yes, bar, like, the, right. the booth behind them of her boyfriend and his girlfriend looking and being like, that's really weird. So, like, even though it was not as overtly uh, uh, incestuous... Uh, there at the end as i thought it was on my initial watch there is an undertone of there's something in there something like the director or the writer has something kind of buried between the lines of like and then he starts uh rubbing on his girlfriend and then oh it turns into his sister that's uh scary right everybody is like well it's scary for the wrong reasons why are you writing that in the script buddy uh it's yeah it calls a lot of things into it's question, a lot which... of things in the question which I mean, at least makes it it more your theory slash this is more interesting than anything that happens uh, before or after no. this. So I mean, the movie just sort of peters out. Like they they, they yeah. have like a confrontation. They do the uh, the Halloween reveal of the girl, his girlfriend, who's basically the final girl. Oh my god, a dead body! Run to the next set piece. Oh my god, a dead body! Run a to the next body. set piece. Yep. Oh my god, a dead. And they just do that. 
until she gets out and rides away on her uh, uh, snowmobile, leaving the boyfriend behind, I think, right? Yeah. Because she gets... But he... She gets chased, but she gets chased by, like, some other guy along the trail. Because there was, like, the crashed snowmobile, and there was a dude in the snow who gets up and starts chasing her. Unless that was the boyfriend. Oh, it could have been the spirit that, like, hopped into the other body of the the person who died out in the... Oh, the football player? That might be the case. Yeah. It's hard to say. It's super confusing, like, geographically. Um... I, it didn't. I thought it was just some random guy who also happened to to crash a snowmobile out there. Because I was just like, "Who's this fucking guy?" And then he gets up and starts chasing her. <laughs> well, he crashes. Hit his just straight up explodes. It is fucking is badass. Like, and there's a it's like the only excitement the movie has. <laughs> there's a full pyro. Uh, like he's fully engulfed in flames, walking around like he's a whole stunt. Yeah, which is just like, well, shit. Like you got the you got the budget to get like stuntmen to get fully engulfed in flames, like could have maybe spared some of that for like practical effects or like maybe some other things to make the rest of the movie interesting but i digress yeah he's riding he crashes his his for some reason there's like a guy out there in the middle of fucking nowhere in like a a tractor who's i don't know he's like plowing snow on a hillside for some reason whatever and whatever (laughs) and he sees the snowmobile crash, and then he apparently, it's like his first day, uh, not only on the job, it's his first day driving a tractor, because he has no idea how to stop it, because he's just looking down at his hands and, and levers and being like, I, I, I don't oh, I don't even know what to do, and it just rolls over very slowly, over the dude, and over a snowmobile, <laughs> Yes, and then they explode. And then, I, my favorite thing is that it explodes, the dude's on fire, he collapses in the snow, and then we cut to the guy jumping out of his um, uh, tractor to sort of assess the damage while the girlfriend jumps on her snowmobile and drives away. And a, uh, mm-hmm. a, a cop or a sheriff pulls up in his snowmobile. And the guy uh, who was just on fire and fell into the snow is gone. Um, he's just gone. And it's not like it's addressed in like a story beat. It's not like there's a pop in. They just they had the stuntman fall out in the shot. And then they took him out. And they didn't replace him with like a stand-in or a dummy or anything. He's just gone. And... The sheriff is like they have like a, a sidebar conversation that we can't hear because the 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 voiceover comes back in. That yes. basically gives an expositional dialogue of, oh, and that was the last time that I ever saw that place, and uh, I I you know I was scared, I didn't know what to do, and I ran. So the sheriff like is following her snowmobile tracks out into the wasteland, and. She explains that, like, they, like, you know, they went back out to that spot to find out what happened, and uh, the, there was no building there. No building had stood there in 20-plus years or whatever. And as the sheriff is following her snowmobile tracks, they just disappear into thin air. Like, they, 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 yeah. they're going, and then there's, like, some, there's some blood in the snow, too. But then there's no more tracks that anything no. was there. And so then it's, like... We don't know if it's like a demon wind situation where she went into like another, uh, uh, like an alternate reality, and that's why they disappeared. Or if she pulled like a, a, a Danny Torrance from The Shining and she had a tree branch and was able to like shake it out from behind herself and cover it. Like, we have no idea whatsoever. But she has a voiceover, which implies that like she yeah. f- survived this situation and she's like an old woman now and like recounted it. It like, there, it, I would say that the movie dropped the ball, but I don't think it had one to begin with. 
It didn't have one. Unlike the NFL player in the movie, it did not have a ball to begin with. And and I think like you pretty much said it. Like I, you know, whether it was like a demon wind or not, I think the moral of the story is. I'm glad you brought it back here. Is if you're going to go watch an Evil Dead knockoff with that same sort of ingenuity, you should just watch Demon Wind. Oh, it'll be on a future episode. Oh, Demon Wind is coming. Demon it's, Demon, demon wind, wind is, is coming. Fucking great. <laughs> it's great. Coming soon from AIP Home Video. Demon possessed. Three college couples take a snowmobiling break in a remote Northwood location. Ooh, some tough guy. After a drag race ends abruptly in a crash. They search for shelter, finding a boarded up children's camp, once run by a murderous religious order. Uh, what's also great? Oh boy, quite the segue. It's Winter Beast. <laughs> yeah, Winter Beast is a movie that I'm very excited to talk about. Oh yeah, um, because it is now at least the most accessible. It has been. Um, Vinegar Syndrome put the Blu-ray out uh, last year as part of a box set of homegrown horrors, which. Um, I recommend the box set wholeheartedly, but I was like, I'm not going to make Chris spend 60 bucks on this box set just so we could talk about Winter Beast. But it is now on Shudder, mm-hmm. uh, in addition to the other two movies from that box set, uh, Fatal Exam and Beyond Dreams Door. And, oh boy, this is maybe the ultimate of these type of regional horror movies where it's like, they had an idea. And they more or less execute the idea, uh, at least. Uh, kind of. So I should backtrack. Ambitious idea. Yes. Because this is a, this is a, man, this is all kinds of horror. It's a, <laughs> it's a creature feature. It's a, like, it's, I wouldn't say a possession horror movie, but it's like, there's folklore. Yeah. Um, there's like a lot of like different elements like that. There's a lot of, we'll get into them, a lot of beautiful stop motion <laughs> creatures that beautiful. are beautiful that's how i would describe it they're beautiful they're charming <laughs> they're like, charming they're pretty, i would give them charming they're very charming yeah. um for for what they had i'll i'll give those stop motion creatures all the credit in the world sure. um but it, it it is definitely that regional feel we'll get into it where it's like there are a lot of scenes that are i wouldn't say anything unlike the chill factor, and I would even say, unlike certain scenes in Death Screams, I wouldn't go as far to say nothing happens in this movie. Like no. almost every scene is building towards the inevitable, like end. It's also the shortest of our three movies. It's seventy-seven minutes long, so they don't have a lot of time to get in and get out. Right. But it's odd in the way the film is shot. We were kind of trading our notes a little bit off mic. Most of the shots that are not involving these stop motion creatures are locked off, like single shot, like, like a stage two people play. just having a conversation. Yeah, yeah. like stage play, <laughs> except for a couple scenes where the film grain changes when they do do like camera A, camera B. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, so this movie, God, where do you even start with this movie? I guess maybe plot ish so it's essentially it's it's uh, uh, i'm gonna do my best with this so so it's um so there's a uh, there's there's the sheriff this is another one where i'm not gonna remember characters names but oh this is sergeant sergeant bill whitman 
and Ranger Stillman. Um, they're they're hanging out. Um, well, first there's a dream sequence, but I'm not going to get into that. I'm just trying not? to get the plot. Well, maybe I should get into it because it's a lot like we've already mentioned things once on this yes. podcast. It's very reminiscent of the opening of things of the I want you to have my baby yes. scene, like where he sees. Uh, it, and and I'm trying to remember. Is it the guy who ends up getting lost in the woods? Yeah, I think it's the guy who because the next scene is him like learning that that guy's missing and him being like, oh, yes. oh, like I had a dream about him last night. So he sees him in a chair and he's got all these like they, it's it's actually not too bad of practical makeup that they mm-hmm. have on the guy. He's just like, like Tello, Slappy Tello, Slappy Tello. That, that was that's the yes. character. Yeah. Oh, and so, uh, yeah, that's right, Tello. Tello is the character's missing. And he's, like, he's, like, mangled, and, like, insides are coming out. uh, But he's smiling. And it's, he's smiling. Yes, exactly. He is smiling. And and our our sergeant is, like, freaking out, but he's, like, smiling, and it's, like, nefarious. Um, And then our sergeant wakes up from a nap, and then we're like, oh, okay, it's all a dream. But then they find out this Tello gentleman is missing. He went out to go put signs up, or, or no, mileposts. Yes. He's putting the new mileposts up for the, the, the mountain. Mm-hmm. And so he's missing, and so our sergeant and then our ranger. Our ranger's having a conversation with, like, somebody. That <laughs> was like, it's like it's just somebody from the drunk tank? Like, who who is I don't know. Guy? Some dude in the lobby that he doesn't with. know personally, so he's just, like, hanging out. Yeah, because the sergeant's like, we got important business, like, tell tell him to leave, and then he leaves, and then uh, Ranger Stillman is kind of like, oh, God, how would you describe him? He's got that sort of, like, wisecracking, like, he's got that New England-like voice, he sort of, like, talks like this, and he's like, I took this job because I would hope that I'd be finding women up here, and he's he's... He's got a case of the not gays, yeah. essentially. It's like every conversation he has about, uh, like, hopefully hooking up with a woman... Well, and it's also like worth it to note that this movie is a, a piecemeal production where they, you know, scrounged up as much money as they could, shot a bit, waited, scratched as much money as they could, shot a bit. So they shot this over the course of a few years. So although the movie is uh, currently on on IMDb credited as coming out in 1992, it has a very very 80s look, and this yes. character is very much that like cool kid in high school. Uh, he's got like the he's got the Tom Cruise risky business sunglasses on. He's he's mm-hmm. really embodying that kind of like too cool for school kind of character, but it doesn't really fit because he's like a grown adult who's working at a ranger station in like the remote mountains of Massachusetts, which is like another one where I this is filmed around Massachusetts. It was shot in, in Waltham, but like. There's really not huge mountains. I guess they could have gone up to the White Mountains and and shot these, but like the it's not like it coming from the West Coast. There's no Rocky Mountains. There's no like Cascades or anything over here. Like it's not the same like, outlook. No, no, not not that. That's that's fair, and that context helps because it's like I I. It seems because it's like I've I I've been to where you live, so it's like if the elevation and the land is like any like similar to like where you're at it's like wait where are these mountains at yes they they would have they would have like probably had to go up to like vermont or something to like get like a really high enough elevation but this takes place in massachusetts so it's like where (laughs) where are you (laughs) 
who knows uh i'll have to like research this and see uh, there's there's a buttload of features on the vinegar cinder blue oh, yeah. so i'm gonna have to dive into it and figure this out so so two things sort of well there's like a crossroads of things that happen one of them is that they were uh there's nothing out in the mountains except for this lodge, which is owned by the very eccentric uh, oh, yeah. Dave Sheldon, which we will get into to Mr. Sheldon. Oh, yeah. Um, but so they're like, OK, well, we're going to go question them. We're going to go. We're going to go up there. We're going to ask him if he's uh, seen or heard anything about uh, about Tello. And meanwhile, uh, we cut to some uh, woman randomly in her house. <laughs> Change, changing. <laughs> I, is she changing? She doesn't have like a. She doesn't have another oh, set of clothes with her. Just, that's true. She's just topless. She just takes her shirt off and she's like just just hanging out there. And then she hears like a this like rumbling outside. That's amazing. And there's this <laughs> giant puppet stop motion uh, tree creature. It's Groot. <laughs> it's Groot. It's a giant Groot. <laughs> and, and she's screaming. And the hand comes through the window, and we cut to the wide, and it's like King Kong escapes, where it's like he pulls her out, and it's like the doll, and it doesn't even no <laughs> look like the actress. It's like long ever. black hair. The actress has like frizzy red hair, like it's like not like is wearing a shirt. We just saw that she's top, like like not the same character at all, and kind of just like Arr! like smashes her against like the claymation house and walks off, and it like yeah. it looks worse than celebrity deathmatch. Like it's is that level of you can see like the thumbprints where like the eye sockets of like the the monster are it's like, it's, it doesn't look it's like mr bill it's yeah it's mr bill like it, it does not look great and like but it's fascinating in its own way because it, it's yes like this this character like you you kind of have to put yourself into the mind of the filmmaker and what they're thinking for the scene where it's like okay here's your direction when i say action stand up and take your shirt off um and then you know you'll just be in your living room uh with your shirt off uh and then like you hear something outside oh what is that and you look out the window um and then you get smashed against your house in a claymation art form uh and then the scene ends (laughs) 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 what (laughs) one you couldn't storyboard this well, you have to wonder, too, because you already mentioned this is piecemeal production, mm-hmm. which is, is true. And it's like, it took many years to get this movie finished. So it makes me wonder if, like, I, there, there's there's the A story, clearly, which we're going to pick up here in a second. But then it makes me wonder if, like, all the sequence stop motion sequences, like, were just sort of like, they just, they had that. And then they're like, well, we'll just shoot scenes to coincide with those sequences. <sighs> You would think that they would cover something say. better, like like because yeah, that's true. Because you would think that like it, uh, in terms of like a horror movie, like if you were to make something that was like a creature feature, it makes sense for somebody to like hear a noise outside, get concerned, they see something large. Oh my god, they're trying hiding, and then even if you don't have like a giant puppet arm, like it's not necessarily going to be like Evil Dead Two again when like the tree attacks the cabin is like smashing shit. You don't right. necessarily need to be able to do that, but, like, you can fake it. You can make glass yeah. blow out and um, somebody hiding under a table and you can, like, something's thudding on it. Something's coming in the house and trying to get to her. But they don't even, like, they don't even, like, put that amount of, of effort into the scene. It's, like, literally, 
show us your boobs, look out the window, you're scared, and then a claymation figure grabs you, smashes against the house, and walks off, and that's the end of the scene. So, like, it's it's weird when you see them in uh, just that rushed manner of, like, what was yeah. your overall goal of... Because, like, I watched the... And like you said, like, there's a bunch of special features. This might be on the, the Blu-ray. I watched an interview from, uh, I think it was from 2013, uh, with uh, the director and the screenwriter when they talked about making the movie, uh, where originally the, the Winter Beast was going to be one beast, and they wanted all of the scenes with the Winter Beast to be stop motion. But then, of course, as the movie you know dragged on and, and went on, the wheels sort of came off, and then they had to go to like live action scenes with makeup, and like they had multiple different like you know uh, stop motion things. Just whatever he was able to put together over the weekend while he's working on a thing, he just shot that as a, as a stop motion, and then they inserted it in the film later. So when you see scenes like this, it 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 does feel like somebody who's like, I have a weekend to shoot a thing, so this is as much work as I'm able to put to a stop motion, which is a total of 15 seconds of stop motion video, just about um, probably less than that, honestly. Um, yeah. And then like now we need to film live action context for that six seconds of footage. I was able to throw together for uh, uh, stop motion, which is just that, that strange, interesting crossroad of, of imagination and ambition, but just zero means to accomplish any of it. Yeah, and but even that some of it is accomplished anyway, sure. despite all of that. I mean, that's the thing. If your goal was to have, like, a monster movie with, like, cool stop-motion creatures, then, like, you know, mission accomplished, yeah. I guess, in that realm. But, yeah, it doesn't sound... Because I'm, I'm glad you also brought that up, because uh, we were going to get to it eventually, but I'm, I'm glad we're just there. Of Like, the movie's called Winter Beast. <laughs> I couldn't tell you which one is the Winter Beast. Nope. There are many. The, the The real Winter Beast was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> it's I, there's so many creatures in this movie. I don't even know well, I, which one. I guess like there's that there there's the live action like dude who's like the devil who actually like doesn't look bad. Uh, uh like his devil makeup. There, there's a couple of shots oh, there. Yes. Like he looks pretty good. Um, and I guess like he's the penultimate Winter Beast quote unquote uh, winter beast but like just because he's the yeah. final one that we see in the movie and they more or less have a standoff with him but then again they 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 didn't intend for it to be that way it just ended up being that way when you're shooting it over the course of like three years which again i don't know if you already yeah. mentioned that this is called winter beast and there's maybe like a total of one scene that's shot in winter where you can see snow yes and the rest of it is summer beast and spring beast and August and fall beast. beast. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But you're right. The the devil beast toy towards the end looks good. Because it is like we find out it is like a like a like a Wendigo. Like mm-hmm. it is like a, a Native American like like uh, uh creature folklore. Yeah. Uh it's, it's better than antlers. Um I'll give it that. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm being dead serious about that one. <laughs> so um but, uh but we gotta all right, we oh, got to pick back the A story. <laughs> um, but so they, they go to the lodge. Uh, that's when we're first introduced to Mr. Sheldon in the weirdest, like, soft reopening of his lodge. Because it's like, it, it looks, it's, we, we say this a lot, but it looks like a VFW hall. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was exactly it's straight up. It's an American Legion. And 
Well, and not only does it look like a VFW hall, but the patrons also oh, look yeah. like they would frequent a VFW hall. You have like a few senior citizens. Yep. You have like a couple of a uh, couple other like gentlemen, it, like mid forties, like, early fifties kind of dudes. And, yeah. yeah. Well, and it's like they're doing. Are they, what are they doing? It's a raffle. Is it a raffle? They're having a raffle a for a toaster. It's a, that's right, because he didn't have the toaster, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, I gotta get." So it was like, "Oh, it's like a weird meta moment in this movie that they couldn't get the toaster." <laughs> so we meet Mister Sheldon in his like, oh, is that that's where he's wearing these like he's wearing these like plaid oh, man. suits, and we find out too that like the lodge it's like a family affair, like it was like owned by his dad before him who was like an entrepreneur so it's like his dad died and like left it to him so it was a very like kind of he's got a little bit of a a spoiled attitude for lack of a better term um and he has this like inexplicable like screechy voice and it just sort of like it wakes you up. It's 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 like the bird in Citizen Kane. Like every time he comes into the movie, <laughs> <laughs> because like, well, because like again, it's got that charm, but all the other actors are so kind of sleepy and so kind of just like very straightforward. Not their fault, right? They're just they're they're tasked with basically just carrying the plot from place to place. Versus when Mister Sheldon comes on screen, he's just like shouting he's intense he's like capital a acting he sounds like rip um, taylor he does sound like rip taylor that's a great comparison <laughs> he does sound like rip taylor and and because and then on top of all this other weirdness we of course have a inexplicable jaws sort of plot yeah. that comes into place because the the big draw to the mountain and the big draw to the lodge is the foliage festival and so, <laughs> it sounds like something my wife be... would drag me to. So I'm like, it's that's plausible. It's <laughs> you got to be breaching really deep into your pockets of 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 Jaws knockoff scenarios to where you get to the foliage festival. <laughs> who, who cares if a few people die? We got to have the foliage festival this season. Basically. <laughs> It's exactly what happens because he's because they they you know they they find out uh you know they're they're still looking for Tello it's like he's missing and then like a couple other people die mm-hmm. in 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 gruesome ways by in, these, like a suburban uh, Sasquatch esque ways of two women in the woods with a, with a briefcase yeah. uh, which looks like it's going to have some uh, uh, weight on the plot but it doesn't <sighs> it was just a prop that they happen to have and then they get attacked by like some bug eyed. Uh, a Bigfoot thing that drags them off and they die. But they're, they're characters that were introduced in that scene to die, which is why I compare mm-hmm. it to Suburban Sasquatch. Like, it's nobody from the movie and we're losing somebody who were like, oh, shit, that person. Oh, what a shit. You're like, who are these ladies? Oh, they're dead. Yeah, the, the, the ranger who's missing is the only character who's, like, of any sort of, like, consequence. Yeah. Everybody else just kind of shows up and then they die. And then it's like, oh, well, another person died. Well, we can't cancel the foliage festival. Yeah. <laughs> Pissed off Rip Torn. He's like, but the foliage festival. Oh, man. Oh, Not Rip Torn, sorry, Rip Taylor. Rip, Rip Taylor. Oh, that, I, that if was, it was Rip Torn, oh, festival. shit. <laughs> Proud. Um, 
<laughs> anyway, um, is that twice in a row that the two episodes in a row that we brought up, Freddy got fingered. I think so. I think so. We need we need to get away from that. But <laughs> but um, uh, there's a couple sequences. I mean, it's basically the movie. I mean, there's a couple sequences I do want to touch on oh, sure. for sure. In between it, I think uh, uh, one of them is is the scene that like probably is the most sort of like sticks out is is uh uh sheldon's weird uh like musical interlude scene is great like it it it's great it 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 honestly like it gave me like a like a texas chainsaw vibe of of like you're peering into a world that you're not meant to look into sort of like creepiness vibe it was it was great yeah, it was it was great. Well, uh, Texas Chainsaw and like uh, uh, mixed with like Friday the Thirteenth because there's like because sure. who's because there's the 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 woman he has there who's just like I forgot is that his oh because he's got like a woman there and yes yeah. I don't remember their relationship I don't remember oh, wasn't either, she but it's, she was one of the uh, she was one of the characters on the mountain that was in that that shot that you love. Of the three heads. Yes. Uh, we're uh, going to get into that shot. Yes. Damn it. That was going to be the next scene I want to bring we up. Get, we can get to it in a minute, but like that's, that's that character that, that you like. That's right. It's So it's the other ranger. Yeah. You're right. It's the other ranger who goes on the scout with the, with our our, uh, our sergeant and our, our, our very, very, uh, very straight, manly man, other sergeant. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Ranger. Um, and that's right. She gets killed in by him. And is propped on the couch while he puts on a clown mask that looks very much like the the masks that uh, that the bank robbers wear at the beginning of the Dark Knight. Like it's that oh, sort of yeah. like clown mask. And uh, there's the record playing on repeat. This like weird like it's not like a nursery. I mean, rhyme, you, you got to insert it like, into the episode here. To, like, I'm going you, you to. Gotta, I, like, I have to. You have to get the mood. Johnny's gone to the fair. It's, it's it's legitimately creepy. it's terrifying because I, I, I started creepy. out because it's it's the scene is set up really weird where uh the this ranger guy and is he a ranger i thought he worked at that like weird general store that had like the native american statue outside and he it, it's it's weird that like the movie relies heavily oh there's that guy there's that guy he's got like the about. he's got so, like so, the eight-year-old's haircut Yes, because we we have our fast talking guy, which we already discussed mm-hmm. again. That the the, the very not gay guy, yeah, yeah, um, super not. But 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 there's the guy who like kind of gives them like who's like he has a conversation with him at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie because he's like their little like tour guide where he's like uh, he's like oh I'm having a cup of coffee at the diner. Do you want to get a cup of coffee? So it's that guy. yeah yeah yeah. Um, and so it's like yeah. So it starts with him. He doesn't even, yeah, he's not a ranger. He's just sort of their guy. But he goes because he thinks he's at the hotel. And then what he, he gets offed. Like, like he sees something he shouldn't be seeing essentially. Right. Is that? No, he doesn't, he doesn't get offed. He, he's there at the final battle. The, that's right. So yeah. The, the dialogue free. uh, Yeah. 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 Final. Final, Yeah. Their mouths are clearly moving and you can see what they're saying. That they have lines, they just obviously didn't record the lines. 
Or bother to ADR them. Uh, no, they just have that droning. Where he's like, shoot the head! But you have to like lip read in order to know what he's saying. Yeah. But no, it's that guy who goes to the hotel. And I don't know if he goes there for any specific purpose. He ends up getting that head that later they end up shooting to kill the winter beast. But he goes, sees the dead woman's body, and then he stumbles across this that's right this whole situation that is happening (laughs) and they're intercutting too because they're showing him doing his and he's like rubbing like he's got corpses all over which is another like very texas chainsaw thing where there's like yeah like rotted like like the dinner scene corpses and he's like rubbing their faces and and it's just cutting back to his stupefied face of like what the fuck and you as an audience (laughs) member are like go Get out. Get run. Get, like, yeah. get, you you get the gist of it. You've got to get the fuck out of here. Which is also like funny. Not I mean it's it's terrifying. Again, this whole thing's terrifying, but it's also like, again, it goes with that piecemeal element mm-hmm. of like he there's this very Texas Chainsaw Massacre-esque scene that you're just that we're talking about, and it's genuinely terrifying. Genuinely unsettling. Like maybe the most effective scene in the movie. But what does it have to do like this would be the scene where you'd be ramping up the reveal of like a killer and it's like we revealed a killer but like that's not the killer that they're going after nobody's concerned about mr sheldon killing nope. people they're killed about concerned about these this winter beast that's out there and so it's it's odd well i took it's it really as odd i don't was i off base but i i took it as he was doing like a seance or he's he's somehow in league with these monsters because then why else oh, does he yeah. care about the lodge staying open i thought like that's right is yeah. that what he You're was doing off. okay i think so but it's but it's so it's just so confusing it's very confusing. like it's so and convoluted to the point where it's like this feels like a fever dream out of place right. like sequence but like yeah he had to have been the one who essentially it is it's like a, it's like a um because it's like a poltergeist situation mm. uh, to a certain extent, but like with more nefarious purposes. Where it's like poltergeist, it's like they have the hauntings, but they they like unbeknownst to them, their house is built on yeah. the graveyard, and so that's why it's happening. Versus, I think that the lodge is that, but also he's like deliberately like doing it. Like it's almost like a a, a deal with the. Not like a deal with the devil, kind of. almost sort of thing. Well, it, yeah. it, like I, I, this is sort of a uh, uh, probably not the best comparison, but also uh, timely. Uh, uh, Lake Placid, uh, R.I.P. Betty White. Uh, but like Betty White in that movie is aware that there are the, like there's that giant crocodile that's in the lake, and she herself is like bringing up like the baby crocodiles, and she knows that it's an actual threat. That was sort of the vibe that I was getting from the guy where, like, he doesn't necessarily, uh, like, he knows that the Winter Beast is out there, but he doesn't necessarily want to stop the Winter Beast. They sort of got a simpatico thing going where he's like, hey, I got to run a business. People got to be here. But the Winter Beast doesn't fuck with me as long as I let him take a few of my patrons. Uh, who gives a shit? Like, and again, none of this is really, like, black and white crystal clear in the movie that this is what's going on. This is just my interpretation was that he's like, yeah, it's fine. Like, you want to kill, like, a few people that stay at my hotel, whatever, as long as you get to keep my hotel open, I can keep getting money. This little scene, though, throws a bit of a wrench in that because it's yes. like, 
this is very much like the actions of like somebody who's from the the you know Hewitt or Sawyer family, depending on which you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie you're watching, uh, where they're like he's like relishing in it and he has dead bodies yeah. in his place like is he like going out getting kills from the winter bees and bringing them back and keeping them in the basement so we can pull it's them out not and do clear. a song and dance like none of this is explained it's just a weird little pocket of this movie <laughs> yeah it's not explained what's and that's the weird thing because it's like like you said it'd be one thing if you're like as long as i can keep my hotel open you would want to keep a uh like a a under the radar right Right. you wouldn't want people to know that but now you're putting on a theatrics to where anybody such as like townie joe could walk in and see that you are putting on your little like in a hotel uh, vaudeville act yeah the whole point of a hotel is that strangers are there (laughs) and you're like in the (laughs) lobby with like eight corpses oh yeah it's it's fucking nonsense but then like not only is that nonsense but then he gets confronted by uh 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 uh, the the eight-year-old haircut guy from the general store and our our sometimes mustached sheriff they they confront him (laughs) his mustache appears appears and disappears um they 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 confront him and he's basically like ah fuck y'all and then his head sets on fire. Yes. Like not, not yes. like not like fully like Raiders of the Lost Ark. It doesn't do the whole. They did they did a, a head cast out of crayons and it melts and it looks cool as shit. Like he he's like ha ha ha, and then his head just lights on fire and it like melts away from his body, which is just like <laughs> another element of like well sh- shit was he a winter beast. Or like the like was he ever real? Like it's another it's another one of those things where like the movie adds layers, but because it doesn't have any sinew tying these layers together, you the audience are left to sort of piecemeal together, and it's a choose your own adventure uh, sort of yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, and then we can get into the shot that I like. Yes, the shot that I like. Well, we'll get into the finale. Yeah, but I want yeah, yeah, to well, yeah, get to your shot. Touch, yeah. I touched on the shot. This is like way earlier in the movie. This is after like eight year old haircut guy takes uh, <laughs> our sergeant and the two rangers out, and and they're sort of examining what's happening, and they're looking at a, a totem pole, and that's where they like sort of had a realization that it's like you know the spirits like that there are spirits that have been like angered, and the shot is is like the plane has them all like side by side by side with like the depth of field they're not like next to each other flat no. they're like like one by one by one it looks like it looks like the teaser poster to the mighty morphin power rangers movie where it had all of them in like a profile like looking in a certain direction it's like an it's like an action shot and it's it's something like I, I was like I was so thrown off by it in a good way because like everything is so like locked off. Oh yeah, two people have a conversation in a single shot. There is a shot where Mister Sheldon and the sergeant have a conversation in the VFW hall slash uh, hotel lobby, whatever it is, of like the film grain changes because yeah. it was like I know the uh, you mentioned this off mic the the like the stop motion stuff was eight millimeter super eight millimeter. And everything else was super 16. But then the film grain changes. It's like a locked off two shot between the sergeant and Mr. Sheldon. And then all of a sudden it's like darker. Yeah. And then then there's like a like a, a camera A, camera B shot. And it's like, so it's like really strange. And then all of a sudden there's this like single shot of like, everyone's just like, 
we're in action pose, ready to go. go. Like, and then it's it's, also in that same scene where they're doing the head to head to head to head, and then they cut and show them three abreast, and then in that same shot in the bottom right corner, there's a full human hand holding a microphone. (laughs) Oh yeah, which I missed. I somehow missed this, and I'm gonna have to go back to go back to the tape, as they say. And you gotta watch. You gotta watch it because it lazily kind of like leaves frame. And then takes like a two second beat and then just slowly comes back into frame. <laughs> Which is like, you can almost understand someone being like, hey, I can see the fucking microphone. And they move it out. But then they move it out and they go, yeah, but I, I, I need to get that. I need to get better sound. <laughs> they lean back in. It's great. <laughs> see, that's feature, not a bug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's the spice of the movie where you're like, I can see, again, it's that like, I remember making shit like this. I dropped a boom mic into frame before. I know exactly what these people are fucking working with. Exactly. All right. Should we get into this finale? And then uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We got to get to the the, uh, the Winter Beast. The Winter Beast. Oh my god! And so this is this is the whole like again like a ten minute. It's like it's like reverse. There will be blood. How like there will be blood. <laughs> has like no dialogue for the first fifteen minutes. <laughs> The finale of this movie. I thought you were just, just like alluding because there will be blood is fantastic, and this movie is also fantastic. <laughs> but they're like so... the reverse, the reverse fantastic. Oh no, other end of the spectrum, Sorry. fantastic. No, no, no. I'm saying reverse in in the way that the dialogue free uh, scenes are play out. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean they're still moving but... their lips. You just kind of have to yes have to figure out what they're trying to but do. But it goes on for so oh, long fucking because it is absurd. Because because it starts it it starts it um it starts at one of their houses mm-hmm. like and and like one of the claymation like creatures comes out and then they like they they have and it's just like the same like synth like couple notes that keep like droning on throughout. So it's like they're fighting these creatures and then. Then they get to the ultimate winter beast, and well, it's sort of like, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, one of the creatures, we got to mention that one of the creatures is like a giant chicken. It's a giant bird of some sort, and they yes. they go out to some abandoned cabins in the in the hills, which, like, very gave off a vibe of, like, they don't have the permits to shoot here. They're just familiar with the area, and they know that they can go out there and shoot. Uh, and so, like, but the, there's, like, a giant claymation chicken, and we get that great shot of um uh, uh not gay sheriff who uh is running away from the giant bird and he goes up and goes ah with his hands in the air um uh, like above his head and then we get a shot that's like basically they have like a jpeg cardboard like cardboard cutout of that guy going ah in the air and the big claymation bird comes down and like rips the the picture's head off like you like tears the paper away from the body and it's fantastic Yes, I can't believe I forgot that moment. I that think is, it leads that up is probably into the, the scene, highlight. doesn't it? It does lead oh, yeah, up yeah. into the, the scene. It, do, it leads up into the moment because we're we're left with our our sergeant and we're left with uh, eight year old haircut <laughs> guy, <Yeah. laughs> and and that's when the big devil creature comes, like the devil looking creature comes, which out, looks which pretty is, good. It looks pretty good. Pretty, yeah, in some and, of the and this one. It, and it's not, this one's the not claymation yeah. one. This is the one where it's like an actual, it's like, a dude. somebody's in it. It's a dude He's in on it. stilts. He's, uh, like, towering above them. Yeah. Yeah. 
and they're just they just kind of slap him around and and like you said there's <laughs> there's this, this very clearly someone says shoot the gun yeah and no words come out of the mouth whatsoever <laughs> well they, they, they it's weird because like he, i in my opinion the 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 winter beast which as he should be is the best looking creature in the movie other than like that that yes. bird creature as far as like the stop motion creatures the bird creature is far and away like the best looking one and then of like the real like uh, uh the the real time creatures like the winter beast looks fantastic but like there's shots where uh they're doing like a forced perspective where he's like in the middle on stilts and they have like the characters really far away so it makes it, like they're doing like a hobbit thing of making him look yeah. much smaller than him, which is, like, a really smart way to shoot it. But then they, instead of it being, like, a, a quick, like, two-second, three-second shot to give you perspective to show, like, oh, shit, he's way bigger than they are and, like, really show that the odds are against them, it's, like, a minute, minute and a half shot yeah. on sticks of him, like, on stilts, not able to move well because he's on stilts in a field kind of going rah, 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 like waving his hands around and eight-year-old haircut is like running circles around the outside of him and you're like oh okay well the the winter beast is like completely ineffectual then i guess yeah <laughs> it's just rah, rah, rah. it, it rah. yeah i like that your winter beast sounds like suburban sex <laughs> 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 but you're right you're right it just is like oh that looks cool okay are we gonna cut we're not gonna cut, are we? Okay, you're we're like, still oh, cool, yeah. Shot. Force perspective. That's a cool <laughs> shot. Less cool, less cool, less cool by the second. Why are we still okay? We're still doing this. Oh shit! Oh no! You don't know what you're doing. I forgot. Because that, was, this movie that was. was the that was the footage that they had, and they had to use all of it. And because because even even with shots like that that go on long, this movie's still only seventy seven yeah. minutes long. Oh, they had to so use every to, every inch that they shot. There's everything they had. Nothing got cut from this movie. Yeah, there's no, just, uh, like, you know, the phrase, like, there's not a wasted second in this movie. Literally, there is no wasted they second. There was not a second it. to waste in this movie. <laughs> uh, so that's Winter Beast. Um, it's Yeah, they, they basically just shoot it, his head explodes on fire, and then it melts, and then, like, that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It, it ends pretty, like, yeah, I mean, like, well, that, and then it just, it just sort of just, like, almost like death screams pretty abrupt yeah. like it just it just ends it just ends i don't know <laughs> uh, i know what clip is ending this episode um <laughs> um do you have any other final thoughts on these three movies before we wrap this up i know we went a little longer on these ones oh yeah i like the I like I like that on like the the trashiest like crummiest movies that we <laughs> have more to because I could talk about. about these forever like I, they, these are great and I, I love this category and thank you so much for for picking this it makes my my next Absolutely. pick much harder because now I like th- this is this is great I loved watching all three of these movies and it's it's so fun to compare three movies that like I said or like we said at the top are are inept to the point where if you put them into a category where you are comparing them to other movies that are trying to accomplish like what they're trying to do like a whodunit slasher or a creature feature or whatever the fuck chill factor is uh, th- that there's <laughs> so many better movies of that same category that they wouldn't even be in contention they wouldn't even be in the conversation you would just dismiss them outright so then to take three of those that are sort of 
by any other uh, metric bottom of the barrel movies and compare them to each other and then talk about what makes them great with what their bar was like what like what the ceiling is for that type of movie it's a it's a way more interesting conversation at least to me and uh hopefully to the the listener as well hope so hope people enjoyed it and i had a great time talking about these oh, movies. Yeah. i have a great time watching these movies i do this deliberately on <laughs> on a like weekly basis just looking for stuff like this because it just it 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 gets my creative juices going oh, yeah. because i'm like you got something like you you went out there and you did it you did yeah. it like it's here we watched it and Arrow Video and Vinegar Syndrome, respectively, have put these movies out into the world. So, like, hey, that's, like, the highest compliment. So, um, well, fortunately, you have another week to figure out what your next pick is. Yep. If you're saying your next pick is harder, because we are going to swing into a mini-sode next week. Um, it may not be so many, because we're probably going to be covering five movies in total <laughs> uh the one we have already covered uh in full mm-hmm. episode three go ahead and give it a listen but we're going to be discussing the new scream movie uh which chris has already seen and i have not seen at the time of this recording i'm hoping to see it in a couple days uh people are talking about it people have been pretty pretty non-spoilery in their discussion about it it's top the box office so we yeah. figured give a little more time for people to watch it and then we'll dive into a probably spoiler we'll give plenty of warning but i'm sure it'll be a spoiler episode oh yeah um, uh not, not only the new screen but we'll probably talk we'll do the two series through four yeah we'll do the series yeah. but again if you want to get get a little bit of feel it's, it was our early days of our episodes so forgive it but episode three we did talk about the first mm-hmm. one uh in pretty good detail so you can go ahead and check that out but in the meantime, you can find all of our episodes on our website at thegoodbadwhat.com. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, and many others. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at thegoodbadwhat, and you can email us at thegoodthebadthewhat at gmail.com. If you're feeling generous and want to support the show, we have a donations tab on our website, and all donations will go back into the show, whether that's to offset the cost of any movies we discuss or upgrading our equipment. Our logo comes from Michelle Parkos, and our theme music comes from Paco, whose portfolio and SoundCloud link you can find in the show notes, respectively. Chris, where can more people find you online? Yeah, you can find me online at Twitter at THOCristo89 or on Letterboxd at C underscore THOM. And you can follow me on Twitter at Riley90, that's R-Y-O-L-I-E 90, or on Letterboxd at Ryan underscore Oliver. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with our mini-sode slash retrospective on Scream. Hey, I'm just trying to make conversation here. Well, you're sure doing a shitty job.